From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything going on in the 5A and 4A ranks in the Southern Idaho Conference, District 3 over there in that Boise metro area. Brandon Bainey with a guy that's uh, always metro, uh, feeling good. It's uh, Wayne to zoom back. Wayne, what's going on? Uh, a little bit of everything. I mean, we got some football news. We got some wrestling news. Of course, basketball's hot right now, both boys and girls. So really, I mean, there's a lot to talk about on this prepcast. Absolutely. Well, I think the biggest story that we got to tackle right away this week is uh, the 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 Raleigh Lane Invitational. It is the signature wrestling event every year in the state of Idaho, outside of the state championships, of course. But uh, in terms of regular season competition, there's not any better. And it was really cool to see all the teams come and compete, not just from Idaho, but Washington, Montana, other states as well this past weekend over in Nampa. Yeah, it had 75 total teams from seven states. It's the 21st annual Raleigh Lane. Uh, and the thing of it is, is that you got to think of it. If you ever watched the movie Hoosiers, uh, you know, in basketball, where they basically that tournament there in Indiana was everybody, the big schools, the little schools, the in-between schools, everybody played. That's pretty much what the Raleigh Lane Wrestling Tournament's all about. From 5A to 2A, you get out there, you compete, you go after it, you see what happens. And, uh, you know, it's super. So at any rate, uh, they, they did that, and that's uh, 5A to 2A. They also had the girls this year, and this is the third year in a row, but this is the first year that it was sanctioned. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to talk about the girls' competition a little bit because there were a couple of standout performers uh, from the Treasure Valley. You had Mia Furman from Rocky yep. Mountain. She won the title at 138 pounds, but uh, Marissa Jimenez from Caldwell, she has now won uh, three times at the Raleigh Lane twice as a non-sanctioned and then officially sanctioned this year. Uh, she won the 132-pound title. And now, Wayne, she is the third-ranked female wrestler in the country at that weight, 132 pounds. Yeah, she's unbelievable. If you want me to take this, you know what? When I started this, we had a cloudy day, so I just had the shades open. Now I kind of look like I'm in prison. Uh, I can take care of that in about three seconds. Can, okay, let's, let's do it. Folks, watch how this works. This is the magic of podcasts. Hold on. Okay. All right. How about that? Oh, that looks so much better, Wayne. So better. You know, I start things when it's all cloudy outside and thick and good, and then the sun shines. I mean, and that's just what happens when we start doing a podcast. The sun shines on us. Uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you look quite radiant. If you if you want to if you want to see the magic in action. Uh, to see uh, Wayne go from striped to solid. <laughs> you can, uh, of course, watch the video version of this podcast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Audio only, also available at IdahoSports.com and wherever you download your podcasts. So, yeah, let's, again. Uh, you were talking about Marissa Jimenez. You know, yeah. Well, she won that 132-pound class, but uh, she has just done it year after year after year. She's something else. Yeah, and, and then as we said, she's now uh, ranked third in the entire country in her weight class, which is just remarkable. You know, and you got to speak to how far, you know, girls wrestling has come in the short time it's been, you know, available here in Idaho. I mean, really, this is the third year in a row they've had it. 
at the Raleigh Lane and the first time it's been sanctioned. So every year, a little step towards, you know, equality and things going in the right direction. And how cool is that? I think it's really neat that they have that opportunity and it's getting better and better and better. Uh, for instance, you know, Eagle finished second in the team competition to Flathead Montana, but it was a close one, 101 for Flathead Montana, 98 points for Eagle. So it was a three point, you know, wrestling match overall through three days. So it's pretty cool what they got done there. Yeah, impressive that the Eagle girls took second as a team. They did not have a single individual champion. No, they didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just about teamwork and kind of finishing up there as high as you can go. And so they had a lot of higher finishers, but nobody kind of came through and won the whole thing. The other local winner was uh, Christina Padilla out of Napa. She won at 182. So, I mean, we had three local winners, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and a flathead Montana. I mean, they won the boys' competition as well. They just came down here. I guess there's not much to do in the winter in Montana except wrestle, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking because they're pretty good. Yeah, Flathead uh, High School up in Kalispell, Montana, pretty pretty well known for their wrestling program. They've sent a lot of guys on to, and now gals, on to uh, big-time colleges. So no surprises there. Um, on, on the boys' side, there was a lot of really awesome performances, Wayne. I, I think we have to start with the, uh, with the Martinos from uh, Bishop Kelly, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Matthew Martino, I mean, he wanted 113 pounds. And, uh, I mean, what a job he did just getting in there. And uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Christopher Martino also uh, came away with a title at 132 pounds as well. Um, other individual champions from the 5A, 4A ranks, uh, Tanner Frothinger of Eagle took yep. first at 120. You had Jason Mara from Meridian at 138. Um, and then you had uh, Carson Gooley from Meridian at 195, and uh, Nico Rodriguez from Columbia uh, winning the big weights at 285. Yeah, 285, and he beat a kid out of Boris. So you basically had two kids from the locally that got in here. Uh, Aiden Atayo, I hope that's how I say his name, but uh, they went they went overtime. I mean, they had to go a couple overtimes to get that thing done. But, I mean, how cool is that, that you got all these teams, you got 57, 75 teams coming in from all across seven states from the Northwest, and you got in that big big weight class of 285, you got two local guys going at it for a couple of overtimes. Yeah, and, and uh, Christopher Martino from Bishop Kelly beat Kyle Rice from New Plymouth. I know that's uh, yeah. not in our wheelhouse, but, man, what, what an epic battle that was. No, it was, and then Seth Glenn from Brutland won at 160. So, you know, you really got a lot of local guys that are doing it, and even though they're not 5A, 4A, you know, we got to throw a shout-out to those guys because, after all, like we said, it's the Hoosiers of wrestling. It really is when you got 5A, 2A all the way across the board. I mean, how fun is it if you're going to a 5A or a 2A school and then you get a chance to take on one of the top wrestlers in all of high school in all of the Northwest? And that's what it's all about. And that's what the Raleigh Lane has brought for 21 years and brings a lot of excitement. Yeah. Team race uh, went to Flathead uh, from Kalispell, 231. Meridian took second at 206. Now, I always say, Wayne, the teams that do well here, the 5A, 4A teams that do well at the Raleigh Lane is usually a pretty good predictor of who's going to uh, do well and maybe even win at state. Meridian won the Raleigh Lane last year. They also won the 5A title. Meridian played. Uh, competed very closely with Flathead. And in fact, the distance between Meridian in second place and Coeur d'Alene in third, which yeah. would be maybe their strongest 5A competition, was pretty significant. 206 for Meridian, 152 for Coeur d'Alene. So my question to you is, how do you feel about Meridian's chances to maybe defend their, their 5A crown based upon this performance? 
You know, based on this performance, obviously fantastic. I mean, I really do feel they really hung in there with Flathead. And the fact that we mentioned already that Flathead not only won the boys, but they won the girls competition. They are all about wrestling in Flathead. They really have got a great program there over the years. They built it up to a nationally renowned program. So when you can compete like that with them in that tournament, I think, you know, Meridian's going to be a factor all the way through, no question about it. So, and I, you know, like I say, there was a big distance, big gap between Meridian and Coeur d'Alene. So that kind of gives you an idea of where, you know, the power struggle is going to be. Certainly. Uh, keep your eyes uh, posted to idahosports.com. We're, we're pretty excited to, to be partnering up with Al Fontes. He's a, he's a great uh, journalist who's covered the sport of wrestling for many, many years uh, over in the state of California. He moved to Idaho last year and uh, has been doing a great job writing uh, lots of articles about the wrestling scene in Idaho. So we're partnering up with Al. He's going to write some content for us at idahosports.com. He just emailed me a huge write-up he did on, on the Raleigh Lane, and uh, we're going to be posting that on our website. Um, so as you're listening to this, go to the homepage at idahosports.com, and you'll probably see the big recap from, from Raleigh Lane. He did a great job covering that for us. Yeah, he really does, and that's going to be cool because sometimes wrestling does get lost in all the basketball hoopla. It really does, and so it's there. And that's what the Raleigh Lane's all about. It kind of brings the spotlight right back to wrestling where it needs to be. And then we sometimes don't talk much about it until we get right down to the state tournament or a district play. So it's nice to have somebody like that with IdahoSports.com keeping us on, on our toes. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great read for everybody, and, and especially those wrestling diehards. Uh, let's let's move on to, to basketball. Let's start on the boys' side. There was a lot of compelling boys' basketball action this past week. And I think we have to start, we usually start with the five A's, but I think we got to start with the four A's here, Wayne, because the big matchup that everybody had circled was Middleton at Bishop Kelly last week. And that game did not disappoint. No, it didn't. It went right down to the wire, 60 to 55 Middleton won it. And I think the big surprise for me is not that Middleton won it. Well, actually I take that back. It is that Middleton won it because it was at Bishop Kelly. So they play again later on in the year at Middleton, which uh, really puts the onus on Middleton, gives them kind of in the driver's seat right now in that race for that 4A SIC. But the bottom line is that, you know, Middleton played well. Uh, I believe uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember all the scoring, but I'm, I'm losing it here a little bit. But, uh, you know, Tyler Medeiros, I think, did a really good job. I think he had a double-double. He had like 11 rebounds, 13, 14 points. So really just a good night for Middleton on the road at BK. Yeah, I, I read a, a good recap of that game in, in the Idaho Statesman uh, over in Boise, and uh, they talked to Nate Hartman, the coach at Middleton, yeah. and they basically asked him the question of like, well, isn't it kind of intimidating going into Bishop Kelly with, with the great atmosphere and the crowd they have and that? And he said, yeah, but we use that to our advantage. I, I told I told our guys to, to use that as fuel and use that as a motivator, um, and it got them fired up, and, and they made enough plays down the stretch to win. You know, Nate Hartman, uh, really, I met him a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him at length up in the stands there. His wife was there. His kids were there. He's just a young guy from uh, Idaho Falls and came over here, taking over for Andy Harrington, who left to go to Hawaii. Uh, and a lot of expectations at Middleton to continue that excellence that Andy Harrington left. And he's done a great job. He's picked it right up where he left off and uh, doing a great job. They're 8-1 and one overall in the year and uh, 3-0 and oh in league right now. So, yeah, uh, he's done a good job at uh, with what he has and how he's making things happen. You know, he's got Michael Day, the young kid, 6'10". Uh, I think he's just brought him along perfectly, and they're just all meshing right now. 
Yeah, he's he's a really good coach. Uh, good, sharp, young basketball mind for sure. Um, so, yeah, Middleton's still in first place uh, as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. And again, by the time you're listening to this, the standings may have changed. That's why sure. you should just go to IdahoSports.com every day, get the latest scores and updated standings. Um, but Bishop Kelly is 3-1 and one in the league, 7-4 and four overall. And Valley View quietly has kind of turned it around. They're 7-3 and three overall, 2-1 and one in the league. And Valley View has a big game uh, at home against Middleton Friday night. Yeah, they are. They're hanging right in there, Valley View. So that's going to be a big one. And you're right. At home, who knows what's going to happen there. Valley View wins that game, turns it all around, gets BK right back into the thick of things, even though they're not totally out of it. But nobody's out of it yet. But the thing that's interesting about that particular 4A SIC is that then you've got Emmett, Napa, Ridgeville, and Caldwell all at one and two you know, in league play. So everybody else is kind of down there. And then you got the three up here. And so we'll see what they do. It's going to be a big game coming up later this week. Yeah, that'll be a huge one for Valley View and uh, can go from up uh, somewhat contender to, to real contender. With, right with a good there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 5 ASIC continues to be uh, unpredictable. <laughs> Everybody's kind of beating up on each other, Wayne. Um, you've got a three-way tie for first place right now. Eagle, Owyhee, and Centennial are all five and one. And Meridian very quietly is a half game back at four and one. Yeah, Eagle actually picked up a game last night. They played a crazy game last night. They played Boise and beat Boise 69 to 42 over here. That game is really a weird game. I don't, I'm not sure how to figure it out because it was actually set for like a Sunday, but it was played last night. Uh, and so and Eagle won it. And improving to six and one with that win. So now you've got Hawaii and uh, Centennial at five and one, and Hawaii plays Mountain View tonight. Mountain View sitting at three and two, so that should be interesting. Yeah, Mountain View has hit. Uh, you know, on the surface, it looks like oh man, Mountain View's hit a bit of a rough patch. But if you look at their 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 losses, they've all been really close. I mean, they've lost now four of their last five overall. Uh, they lost to Orem, Utah by twelve. But other than that, they lost to Thunder Ridge by three. They lost to Centennial at the very end on a, on a bucket. They lost by two, 51-49, and they lost by a single point to Meridian, again, kind of on a late play, 40-39. Uh, to 39. So Mountain View, I think, is they're, they're just fine. Yeah, I'm a, I, I did that game the other day. Uh, Ramos just made a nice move to the bucket to put it up with 3.9 seconds to go for Meridian. Meridian was in dire need of a victory. They had hit a – you talk about rough patch. They had hit a rough patch trying to figure out – who to come in here, what to do. I mean, Jeff Sander at Meridian is playing everybody, Brandon. He's got uh, Zeke Martinez playing a lot now. He's just a freshman. We talked about a lot during the football season. Uh, TJ Sander, his kid coming off the bench, hitting some big threes. He's trying everybody. Big story in that game was that Davis Thacker came back from an injury. It was the first time he's played all year. So that was good to have him back if you're a Meridian fan. So, you know, he's 6'4", and he is an athlete and a half. So uh, Meridian won that game at home, but it was right down to the get-go. And I think tonight's game with the Y, he's going to go right down to the get-go too. So I'm looking forward to doing that one. Uh, a lot of people talking about what a Y he has uh, for their first year. I mean, everybody talking about Liam Campbell, who is, you know, just a sophomore talking about uh, Jackson Rasmussen, who was just the freshman, Jack Payne, the senior is there, uh, you know, uh, Mac Saavedra, who is just a freshman. That's their point guard. All these guys are young and uh, boy, Andy Harrington has done a good job of making him grow up pretty quick. 
I, I love the 5 ASIC for for boys basketball because every night is a can't miss game. Even 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 though there's teams at the bottom of the standings, they all have stars on their teams and that's what yeah. makes every game so compelling. Well, it's like early in the year I did a Centennial Hawaii game and Hawaii just killed Centennial. And I sat there and I I went Man, I thought Centennial was better than that. Maybe he is just this fantastic team. But then it all kind of came back full circle. And Centennial is right now back at 5-1. and one. They're playing their best ball of the year. And they're back exactly where I thought they would be at the beginning of the year. So, you know, I counted them out on one game, which I shouldn't have done. Because we all know one game doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Centennial was picked to finish uh, fifth in the preseason coaches poll. And that, I kind of scratched my head when I saw that. And I yeah. was like, yeah. I don't know about that, but I, I I should learn that the coaches know what they're talking about, right? Yeah, they do. But they've got right there; they're back in the in the in the, the fray with it. And you know, Meridian's right there too. Uh, they they despite the fact they've lost eight players from last year, including Brody Roberry, uh, the player of the year. They have found a way. They've had some injuries. They found a way to kind of patch it back together again. Jeff has, and like I say. I've actually did, I did three of their games in a row because it was that North-South challenge. So we had Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene, and Lake City come down. So we just sat there and did that. It wasn't that we picked Meridian. We just said, hey, let's stay there. and We can get to see all three North teams. That'll be fun. Then I did the Meridian-Mountain View game the other day. So that's four Meridian games. And the lineup hasn't been the same. I mean, I had a couple guys there, but Jeff Sainer is really kind of working that lineup, trying to figure out what to do. And now with Davis Thacker back, as I mentioned, uh, watch out, Meridian, the defending 5A state champs, could become a factor real quick. And we'll find out. They play Hawaii Friday night, and I do that game as well. Yeah, it's going to be such a fun game. And I think I think people forgot. You know, they said, oh, oh Meridian lost all these guys. Yeah, They're going to take us. But the guy they brought back is Jeff Sainer, who's who's a good coach, a yeah. really good coach. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's been around for a long time, and, and everybody knows him in his valley. Played for Boise High, played for Boise State, you know. He knows basketball, and if anybody can fix something, he can put a fix to it. Certainly. So there's a lot of big games on the docket. Uh, you mentioned Hawaii and, and Mountain View playing Tuesday night, uh, Meridian in Hawaii, and then another one I'm looking at is Centennial at Eagle on Saturday night. I think that'll be an interesting boys matchup as well. Yeah, it should be. I mean, that right there, so that'll tell us a lot about Centennial. As if the Centennial can go into Eagle and play the Mustangs tough at Eagle, That'll tell us a whole lot about Centennial, if they're for real or if they are that fifth-place team that the coach has picked them to finish. Yep. Uh, let's let's move to girls' basketball uh, in the 5A ranks. The, the big battle last week was uh, a rematch of the top two teams, Timberline against Bora. Uh, Timberline won the first matchup in the season opener, 44-37, to and they also won the rematch, 36-27. to yeah, I called that game, and boy, I tell you what, Sophia Glancy, she's 6'2". She's down low for Timberline. Really, what a factor down there. In fact, I was talking to the Timberline coach, and he was giving me kind of this uh, line uh, that, well, we don't match up real well with Bora because we got skinny girls, and they're a little bit more stout, you know. Boy, I tell you what, Sophia Glancy, she's 6'2", she's stout, and I mean that in the most positive way. She can play down low in the low post. And then they got a, a sophomore named Allie Cox, who's 6'1", and she's stout as well. And then they went to the double low post with those two late in the game. Problem was both those gals got three fouls early in the ball game, so they couldn't put them both in at the same time. When they did, Timberline was unbeatable. And that's when they just kind of ran away from Bora, and that game went back and forth. They held Bora scoreless in the first period. I think it was either 7 nothing or 6 nothing after the first period of that game. It wasn't a pretty game, and then it just kind of settled into a contest later on. But Timberline's for real. 
They're 10 and 0 in league, 14 and 1 overall. And they may not be. Somebody told me that uh, the media and the coaches are disagreeing on who's number one. They got Lake City in one poll and Timberline in the other. So, I mean, this is what makes it fun because we'll find out come state tourney time. That's right. I'll tell you, as uh, as a member of the media, I, I have voted Lake City one only because they went down to Las Vegas uh, and competed in the Tarkanian Classic, the Jerry yeah. Tarkanian Classic, and, and they almost won. They almost won the thing. They lost by two in the championship, and they're playing teams from California, Nevada, all over. So uh, t- Timberline is very good, though, certainly. Yeah, well, I think that's great. Lake City, they have the number one boys team, number one girls team. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, you talk about programs that are, that are really uh, putting it together. I mean, that's super. We thought about Flathead Montana and their wrestling programs, the girls and the guys. Lake City's getting it done. But you're right. Timberline will give them a tussle. And if they can get Allie Cox and Sophia Glancy down low at the same time, keep them out of foul trouble, uh, they'll be a factor. Yeah, and uh, bad news for all, all the opposing. T- Lake City is a very young team on the girls' side. <laughs> they got a lot of juniors and sophomores, so they might be around for a while. Um, so what? So now that Bora has has fallen twice to Timberline, they've actually been passed up in the standings by Boise. I tell you what, Coach Kim Bridges and the Brave have been very quietly going about their business. They uh, entered this week on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, they're nine and two in league, so they're right there. They're only two games behind Timberline, and they get to play. I'll do that game. I can't remember what the date is. It's down the road just a little bit, about a week from now. But I'll be doing that Boise-Timberline game this week on Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on IdahoSports.com. I'll be doing Bora at Mountain View. It looked like that was going to be a really tight game and a really big game in the league. Well, Mountain View has run into a lot of troubles. I mean, they have hit the injury hurdle big time. Uh you know, Sierra uh, uh, Grizzle right now is hurt again. So, I mean, she's hurt. And we knew about, you know, Ajuku. And, uh, you know, so it's just one of those things where the every time you turn around, bad news coming Mountain View's way. And so that the defending 5A state champs are in a world of hurt. They're just trying to get through it, weather it, maybe get into districts, get into state, see if they get some people back. So we'll see what happens there. But that should be a good game th- uh, Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock when Bora plays at Mountain View and Mountain View can come up with a victory there. That'll keep them right where they need to be. Yeah. And of course, Mountain View's got uh, some, some pretty good coaches on their bench as well. Um, Timberline, Boise, Bora kind of have established themselves as the top three. And then you've got Eagle, Mountain View, Owyhee and Rocky Mountain. They're all tied for fourth. They're, they're all six and five in the league. So districts could be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how do you seed them? I mean, there's, you just, you know, you just do the best you can, and then that's where you make hay. You just win. You try to get the state. That's the bottom line. Just try to get a state tournament berth. And uh, and if you just get through all these injuries, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. So I'm 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 really liking. I'm we're excited because we get to do. I get to do. We're doing more girls games this year than we ever have, and it really has kept me in tune with what's going on on that side of the ball. Yeah, I, th- I think it's so important to spotlight um, because there's so many great teams and players on the girls side that don't always get their due so um districts uh looking down the road just a little bit uh district three will get four and a half teams to state so the the four teams that finish in the top four and then the fifth place team from districts will go to a play-in game i will say that the play-in game is going to be difficult because they're going to play the second place team from the north which could be lake city Coeur d'Alene, or post falls all of those teams by the way really good lake city's 14 and one post falls is 14 and two quarter lanes 12 and three so you want to stay out of that play in game to go to state 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's going to be some incentive to, to do that as well. And I agree with you. That's going to be a tough one to win uh, if you're that, that team that has to go to the play-in. So, yeah, keep that in mind. But you're right. With Eagle Mountain View and Hawaii all sitting there, and they're all solid teams. I mean, they're they're not bad at all. It's just that the competition has been so good this year here in the Valley that it's tough to win on any given night. The only one that's done it consistently right now has been uh, Timberline, of course, and Boise's doing it pretty well right now. Yep. Uh, 4A girls basketball. Again, there's not a ton to talk about, only because the, there's really good teams at the top and, the, and then kind of a drop-off. Middleton, 7-0 and in the league. They've won seven in a row. Now, they're only 8-6 and six overall, but they played a really hard schedule. Um, what do you make of this race? Well, you know, I knew Middleton would be really good, you know, and of course they play, they've got BK, that game's coming up on the 19th with BK and Middleton, a game I think is at Middleton. So BK plays over there uh, at Middleton. That's going to be tough to win at Middleton, but uh, it's going right down to the wire. I mean, and then you got Columbia at five and two, Emmett at four and three in league play, but it really is the Middleton BK show. It's going to be one of those two guys. And then I think it could be an interesting, I really do think it'd be an interesting district competition with all those teams going after each other, because I, I really don't think, uh, you know, right now it looks good for Middleton 7-0, but boy, I've seen, I've seen Columbia play well. I know BK can win on any given night. And, you know, Emmett is right there on the cre precipice of, of being a very good solid team. I, I do, I, and I still think Columbia is kind of kind of yeah. the wild card in this whole thing. They, I they, do, I agree. They they lost in Middleton by twelve. They lost to Bishop Kelly at home by nine. They'll get both of those teams again uh, coming up uh, back to back. Actually, on the schedule, uh, Middleton on the twenty first of January, BK on the twenty sixth. So that could define Columbia's season right there. We'll probably talk about that more next week. On absolutely, the absolutely, yeah. Yep. It's always All fun right. to jump ahead, take a look. I, like I was already looking for that Boise Timberline girls game down the road, you know. And so I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till next week. Definitely. Well, let's wrap up the, uh, the the prep cast this week with a little bit of breaking news, Wayne. We had some news come across like just before we hit record today. Yep, Brian Compton, the new head football coach at Mountain View High School, replacing Judd Benedict. Of course, he coached at Mountain View for many years, was the head coach at Timberline for years, played his ball at uh, Boise High School and coached at Boise High. So he's been around the Valley for a long time. And Tucker Rovick, who, if you may recall, if you watched that FCS championship game on Saturday, Montana State lost to North Dakota State. Tucker Rovick had to jump in there when Montana State's quarterback got hurt, played 98% of the game, I think. And uh, But Tucker just tweeted out a little while ago that nobody better than Brian Compton to be named the new head coach at Mountain View. So that's uh, some pretty high praise from a former quarterback at Mountain View High School. He said that Coach Compton has done just as much off the field for the players as he's done on the field. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Brian Compton replacing Judd Benedict, who had been there for, what was it, 15 years? I, I hate to say that. I, I get him mixed up because we have a lot of uh, longtime coaches leaving this year. And, yeah, uh, we talked. Yeah, we talked about how it's kind of been this gradual changing of the guard, and more than fifty percent of the league now have have coaches that have been there for five years or less. So, yeah. so anyway, that's going to be kind of cool, Brian Compton. But he'll come back. He was the offensive coordinator at Mountain View for many, many years, so he knows what's going on. He knows what that program is all about, and he knows the expectations of that program to keep winning, especially with Rocky Mountain just down the street uh, coming after him. 
Yep. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, how he does in the offseason programs and, and all that good stuff for Mountain View football. Uh, but we got plenty of winter stuff still going on, and we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about again next week on the SIC PrepCast. Wayne, what's your broadcast schedule looking like for this week? Well, of course, if you're watching this on a Tuesday tonight, if it's early in the evening, I've got that Mountain View and Hawaii game. Then on Friday night, Meridian and Hawaii boys. And then on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, we've got Bora at Mountain View. And like I say, initially that looked like it was going to be a really, really good game to do. Uh, Mountain View is running into some injuries, but it's still going to be a critical game. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, it's good, always good to follow the defending 5A state champs to see what they do. And until they're until they're either in it again or out of it again, and Bora needs a win badly. So this should be a really good game, a really hard fought. For some reason, they're tipping it off at three o'clock in the afternoon, but that's okay. Gives me a lot of beauty sleep on Saturday night. So, and I need it. That's right. He's the hardest working man in show business, no doubt about it. Wayne, a full schedule of games. That's good to hear. <laughs> It'll be fun. It's always always looking forward to it. And I work with Clay Hatfield. And uh, Clay and I are going to go at it tonight to see what we can do with that game. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. It should be fun. Yeah. And again, if you're listening to this after the game has already happened, you can go back and listen to Wayne's call of the game just by uh, clicking on the game streams tab at IdahoSports.com and then clicking on the archived broadcasts. We put them all up there on the archive. So yeah, and always yeah. check our scoreboard. Our scoreboard is always up to date. It's great. That's where I get most of my information from. Just go to IdahoSports.com. It makes me a genius. That's right. All right. Well, we'll get out on that note. I don't want to, I don't want to dirty the water any more than that. So (laughs) thanks for tuning into the SIC prep cast. Enjoy the competition this week, everybody for Wayne to I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.